Hello, and welcome to Chit and Chat, a podcast all about encouraging others. Who needs encouragement? You? Well, we've got you covered. We reach out to musicians, comedians, and other organizations who are all about encouraging their communities. Help us spread the love by sharing this podcast. And now, here's your host of Chit and Chat, Jody Sheffield. Today on Chit and Chat, a podcast of encouragement, I've reached out to a very good friend of mine. She is a mom, a wife, a grandma, educator, writer, and speaker. I've known her and her husband for over 35 years. We grew up in church together with many youth group outings and a lot of church events. And when I joined the Navy back in 1989 and her husband Mike joined the Army uh, a year or so later, we lost connection. And But over the past few years, thanks to social media, we've been able to reconnect and we've talked several times. Each of us have a story. And I've reached out to Michelle and asked her to share her story, as well as the inspiration of writing a book and Bible study she has called A Race Well Lived. I really... I uh, debated on talking to Michael, uh, to Michelle Moore, uh, Mike's her husband, uh, about this uh, subject. But A Race Well Lived is about her son who passed away at a very young age. And we discuss the book and we discuss, discuss her son, Joshua. And I believe, I truly believe her story will bring you some encouragement and hope for today. So kick back and relax. This is Chit and Chat with my good friend, Michelle Moore. Hello. Hello there. Hey, can you hear me okay? I can. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm older. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's how it works. Uh, and you gotta love technology sometimes. Yes. Yes. If you can't figure it out, just find a three-year-old. They'll do it for you. Yep, and I have grandkids too. So yes, I feel your pain. Well, it's been a long time. First of all, I want to thank you so much for being taking time out of your busy day. I'm sure with your, you ma- I, I was looking at your many titles: uh, mom, grandma, educator, wife, speaker. <laughs> you have a lot of titles to to cover. Lots of hats, yes. <laughs> well, for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You bet. Um, so Michael and I live in Northwest Arkansas. We met in high school and started dating while he was stationed in Germany. I still have all of the letters he wrote me. Those were the days before cell phones and internet. Yep. We have been married for 27 years, and I serve as a literacy academic facilitator at a local high school. We have two amazing children, Joshua. He ran ahead to heaven at the age of 16 in 2013, and our beautiful daughter, Elizabeth. She and her husband have the most handsome little seven-week-old baby boy, <laughs> and I am loving this new season of life. Oh, grand- grandparenting is awesome. It is. There is nothing more precious than watching our daughter and her husband be parents. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, ours are, are, I have a six-year-old granddaughter and my grandson turns four. And we lived in that same house the last five years. So every year, my daughter's a photographer. She gets them going up our steps for Halloween. So seeing their progression oh. from crawling up them to, you know, now they they own the steps now. It's, it's fun to watch. Their progression is amazing. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, I wanted to start and get you to tell us about the book you wrote, A Race of All Lived, and uh, the inspiration behind that book. Sure. Um, our son, Joshua, was a cross-country runner. And October 29, 2013, he went out for a run. Joshua had run thousands of miles. And that night when he put on his running clothes and walked out the front door, we didn't think anything of it. Um, it was not a normal night. And the outcome was very different. He didn't come home. His heart went into ventricular fibrillation and he collapsed on the side of the road. Mm. He passed away three days later. And um, after Joshua ran ahead to heaven, some friends of ours scheduled a 5K in his memory. <laughs> and I didn't want him looking down from heaven saying, really, mom, that was the best you had with that big teasing grin that he always gave me. So I started training. Right. Was that a Michael grin too? Michael had the same grin. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> huge. This huge infectious grin. So I started training. Um, I found somebody to write running schedules for me. And, and as I ran, I started noticing a lot of similarities between running, the physical act of running and striving for heaven. And I started writing them down. Mm-hmm. Those stories became a Bible study. Nice. And God spoke to you throughout your, your, I'd say walking with him. He was kind of guiding you, you know, how to get it on paper for anybody else going through some troubled times. Yes. Running was a lot of prayer time, a lot of unraveling knots and a lot of talking to God, a lot of just pouring out my heart. Mm-hmm. So when writing this book, the Bible, uh, Bible study, whom did you write it for? So initially, so. I really just, yeah, initially I was just kind of writing it for myself. It was really therapeutic mm-hmm. to sit down and process through all of the things that, that I was learning. And, and then I came across Revelation and, you know, I'm, I'm a little, Revelation intimidates me quite a bit. But I came across this, this passage in, in Revelation twelve eleven, and it says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That really hit me. We are not called to walk through hard stuff alone. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want Joshua's story to be wasted. Like he, he ran so well for 16 years and, and our story is child loss. And so I shared a lot of the lessons that we've learned about grief in the book itself. But it isn't specifically a study about grief. It's it's more about living well during hard seasons. It's a it's a difficult conversation to talk to someone who's lost uh, a sibling, a child. I have a friend of mine who lost a few in miscarriages. I've uh, um, and mm-hmm. my nephew uh, passed away at one one years old. It's a very touchy, yep. tough subject to talk about. Who someone's going through something like that. It is. It, it really is. But the best thing that you can do is just be open and just look at them and say, I don't know what to say. I love you. 
I want to hear all of the stories about your child. That is the greatest gift that you can give a parent. Is there a central message in this book? You, you will call it a book or Bible study or both. Is it kind of a little bit of both? People take yeah, it's a little bit of it's a little bit of both. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of of personal stuff in there, and there's a lot of Bible study in there. Um, there is, I think, there is a central message. And um, we had Second Timothy four seven engraved on Joshua's headstone. It says, "I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith." Our our whole lives are a race towards eternity. Every single day, mm-hmm. we choose to get up and either run towards heaven or run away from it. And and one day we'll be called home. We will meet our heavenly Father, and we'll either spend eternity with Him, or be condemned to live all eternity without Him. We make that choice. God isn't going to force us. Nope. Um, unfortunately, we don't get to choose the circumstances that we face in life, and everybody faces something hard. The only choice we get to make is how we react when the trials happen. Do we honor God? Do we turn from Him? Do we praise him in the midst of the storm? Do we walk away? Mm -hmm. And so the message that I wanted to ring so loud through the entire study is that regardless of what we are facing, God will never walk away from us. Never. He will always be there and we should continue to look to him and serve him. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, What is the most important idea you're sharing in your book that you are at value to the reader's life, uh, anyone who going just want to, wants to read a, a, a study, uh, facing trials and tribulations, uh, stuff like that. I think it's kind of along the same lines. I really do fear that as Christians, we often think we should get a pass. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a Christian, so life shouldn't be hard. I'm a Christian, so I shouldn't struggle with depression. I'm a Christian, so I shouldn't face financial ruin or I shouldn't have my reputation ruined. But the reality is that bad things are going to happen to us. I mean, Christ faced the cross. He faced a horrific death. He was not immune and and neither are we. And scripture's clear. Our earthly lives will be hard. Satan is constantly roaming the earth. He is constantly seeking someone to devour. Mm-hmm. And he's only after us because he doesn't have us. He's going to pursue us because we aren't his. One of the most important ideas that that I want the reader to grasp is that life is hard because we live in a fallen world. It's our fault, not God's. I mean, if you think about it, when you go back to Genesis 1, God created us. He placed us in this beautiful garden, and he gave us free will. And three chapters later, we walk away. Yep. God, God has been pursuing us ever since. Yep. And I mean, Joshua... When, when, when we all woke up on October 29th, 2013, God did not look around the earth and say, hmm, who should die today? I think I'll take Joshua. He didn't cause Joshua's death, nor was he surprised by Joshua's death. And I remember and that. I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. I just want the reader to know without a shadow of a doubt that when life gets hard, God will be there. He doesn't cause the difficulties. He hurts when we hurt. And he longs to comfort us if we just allow him to. And I remember that day a little vaguely because my birthday is October 18th. And I remember 
uh, on my feed and uh, being friends with you and Mike and seeing that. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about Joshua? I, I, watched, I, oh. interview, I watched the interview, a radio interview about, uh, they called him the chaplain. Can you tell us about Yes, it's called the chaplain? Yes. I love to talk about Joshua. Um, Joshua's cross-country coach called him the chaplain because he was always the one who volunteered to pray for the team before their meets. He was a prayer warrior for his friends. He loved people. Even as a teenager, he was confident in his own skin. And the first time he met someone, he would always look at them and say, do you know Jesus? It was just super important to him. That's awesome. He wanted to be a, a preacher too, right? Yes. I used to get so mad at this kid at church. We would start the first song and he wouldn't be in his seat. Like he wouldn't be with the youth group. I'm trying to sing. I'm scanning the entire building for that blonde head. So I can give him that. You need to get to your seat. Yep, look, yep, the parent and look, he yep. would be hugging. Yes. He would be hugging a sweet widow lady or meeting a visiting family. It was hard to stay mad when I saw how happy that he made those around him just by recognizing them. He loved ministering to people at church. He would have been such an incredible preacher. And I remember after his passing and kind of seeing some of your posts and Michael's posts, you get given a lot of comments from individuals and people who Joshua came across. Can you tell us a little bit about that? The impact he sure. made in their lives. It was always so interesting to me. Joshua was one of 1,800 students at his high school. And so many people seemed to know him. So he, so many people knew him and had interactions with him and, and in some way had, had touched their, their world. Um, one of the, one of the best stories, the summer before Joshua died, I had taken a small group of students to Honduras to plant trees and do other miscellaneous projects. And on the flight home, Joshua was sitting next to, um, a young lady from that trip. She was heading off to college. It was a pretty prestigious university and she had just gotten her, her summer reading list. And it was a long list and she showed it to Joshua and he said, wow, that that's quite a list. I'll be praying for you. And this, this sweet young lady was not a Christian. She wrote us a letter after Joshua died, and she said, I had no idea that someone could take on the burdens of another person, that he could help carry that weight with me. Wow. And that, you know, it was such a beautiful letter. I have more. Go ahead. Go, oh, yeah. I got all the time. <laughs> I know I could talk for days about Joshua. There's another young lady. She reached out to us the day before we hit the one year anniversary of Joshua's death. And she shared that Joshua had been the first person to ever talk to her about Jesus. Oh, wow. And and she said he'd just been going through some difficult things. And he had sat down next to her and just listened. He checked in on her. He sought her out before school to see how she was doing. And that day she had made the decision to be baptized and wanted us to know. And, it was such a gift to us that she shared that Joshua had, had been so instrumental in leading her to Christ. Oh, wow. Did you might get a lot, of, uh, get some good support going through this uh, very difficult uh, changing time in your lives? We did. We found, we were probably about a year in when we found a ministry called while we're waiting 
Um, it was founded almost 12 years ago, specifically to minister to bereaved parents. We have attended every type of event they offer. We have made some amazing friends. And from the very beginning, we found an incredible support system within that group. Are there support groups for families going through these things, bereavement groups and retreats that help them, uh, I won't say cope, but help them kind of uh, focus on their lives and moving forward if possible? Yes, um, While We're Waiting is a faith-based group that offers weekend retreats. They offer Mom's Days and, and Dad's Days. Um, we host a Mom's Day a couple of times a year in our home. And then there are support groups that meet all over the United States. Mm-hmm. Michael and I have started facilitating one um, each month here in Northwest Arkansas. What's amazing about While We're Waiting is they do everything. All, all of their events are at no cost to parents. So it's an incredible opportunity. You get yourself to the retreat and man, they're going to take care of you and you're going to find so much hope and encouragement there. Nice. Uh, How did Joshua's death draw you and Mike closer uh, to relationship with God and and just kind of putting it in God's hands and just helping you through this, this time? So when Joshua died, we were, completely devastated um, until he took his last breath and doctors pronounced him. I believed with my whole heart that God was going to heal him. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I really believed that he was going to wake up and, and our world was going to go back to normal. And when that didn't happen, I, I was, I was totally broken. We didn't have anybody to blame. We didn't have a distracted driver. Nobody had been drinking and driving. His heart just gave out while he was doing something that he loved. And I was angry for a while. I I spewed scripture at God. The very words that he had given, I gave right back to him. These were, these are the promises that you said. You put this in scripture. I didn't ask for this, but it's here. And, and this isn't being fulfilled and this hurts. And this isn't what this is supposed to be like. And, and God is so patient (laughs) He's so patient and he listened for a long time. I felt like I was being punished, you know, that, that God had taken him because of something I had done wrong. If only I'd been more faithful, if only I trusted him more, all of the, the if onlys. Mm -hmm. And one day Michael and I were talking and and he shared something that he had begun to realize. He said, Michelle, Joshua's death was not a punishment inflicted upon us while it was our absolute worst day ever. It was Joshua's best day because he was receiving his eternal reward. He had run his race so well and he was going to get to meet Jesus. And that became such a beautiful picture for me. Mm -hmm. I will get to see Joshua again. I don't know when God does. God's not going to be surprised by my death any more than he was surprised by Joshua's. I don't know how long that'll be. And so while I wait, which is the whole premise behind the, the group while we're waiting, while I wait, I want to spend my life honoring God and pointing others to him. So I'm talking to Michelle Moore. She's a writer for, she wrote the book, A Race Roll Lived. And any words of encouragement you have for someone that has might have gone through this um, or just in general, just encouraging words. Uh, you mentioned some great scripture from Second Timothy 4.7. Uh, I wrote that mm-hmm. one down earlier, and I like that's a powerful verse. Uh, just for someone, we're living in 
a negative world at times. And just, I want this podcast is about encouraging people any way I can. And this is, I think your story is primarily a great way to help encourage someone. Uh, so any words that you could share someone who could be going through some tough times? So I, since Joshua's death, I have firmly begun to believe in this concept of drafting. I don't know if you're a NASCAR fan. I'm not. I watched, but I had some, I'm not a fan, but I've watched it. (laughs) Okay. Well, I had somebody kind of explain this to me. There are a whole bunch of big physics words, physics words that I, I can't really explain, but I think I can get the gist of it. Um, So in, in drafting, you have one, one driver who will tuck in behind another driver during the race. Mm -hmm. The idea is that they're saving fuel and they have less wind resistance to deal with. And closer towards the end of the race, the driver, the back driver will pull out. And the whole hope is that that driver has saved fuel and wear and tear and he can pull out in front and win the race. Runners do something similar. It's actually more mental for runners. One runner will tuck in behind another and it, it saves, um, it's saves them energy mm-hmm. when they get closer to the end, they can pull out and run. I really believe that we are called to draft as Christians when we're struggling, when we're tired, when we're worn out and we don't really know what else to do, we tuck in behind someone else who's on a similar journey, someone who's further ahead, just like we did with while we're waiting. We found parents who were further ahead. We tucked in behind them. We rested. We watched them. We listened to them. We prayed with them and we gained strength from them because they brought us hope. Right. And hope is absolutely invaluable. So if there's any encouragement that I can offer, find someone you can draft behind, someone who understands what you're facing, someone you can draw strength from, someone that that gives you hope. What is the best part of this book you like personally? Is there a specific chapter you're like, that's a good (laughs) chapter? Or, you know, that's I like that one. Is there a specific part of that book you wrote? That's really a hard question. That's like asking a mom which child is her favorite. <laughs> um, they, so there are a lot of stories, like a lot of personal stories in the book, and not all of them are about Joshua. Um, but they are all, they're all written around a running analogy, which I love. I, I love that whole running analogy, and I love that the format allows the reader to do a little bit each day. So it's not like, hours and hours on in, but I do personally love day four. So every week on day four, it's called finishing strong. And and I'm an educator. I've been an educator for 22 years and I'm always asking now what, now that I have this information, what do I do with it? And so day four is just that it's an opportunity to apply whatever we've been reading during the week, whatever we've been studying, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Some of them may require us to get outside our comfort zone a little bit, but it's good. It's good to stretch yourself. Right. Where, uh, where can people find your book and uh, who should buy your book? So it's available on Amazon. It's called a race. Well lived by Michelle Moore. It's the only one. And And, you know, this is a really hard question. You're not the first person to ask me who should buy this book. And so if I could just speak directly to anyone who's listening for just a moment, my sole purpose in putting this out there is to help those who are hurting 
if if you're hurting and looking for hope, if you're longing to run your race, race well, if you're in a difficult season, or if you know that at some point life is going to be hard and you want to prepare, I believe this study has something for you. Most importantly, I think it, it lets people know that you are not alone. And not only does it talk about um, people that are on the earth, like there are people on earth who are facing trials that are very similar to yours. Mm-hmm. There are also so many examples in, in scripture of people who've struggled and we can lean on them for a bit and learn from them and then take that into our lives and run our own races so much better. Do you have a website that people can get a hold of you if they have any questions or are there maybe they have prayer requests or some dealing with some tough times? I do. It is www.witheyesonthecross. And I, I use it to share more of our journey of grief. There are some resources on there and that I've created that are free to download. And yes, there's a contact form. Anyone can reach out. I would love to pray for you and Mike today and, and just, uh, thank God. I just want to, I just want to pray for you and just, uh, Father I would God, love thank, that. You, thank you for this time with Michelle as she shares about, shared about her son, Joshua and the amazing memories that they have had and the amazing stories that she shares. I just ask that you will watch over her and Mike each and every day and give them guidance and strength to continue to share this amazing story of amazing son with a heart for Jesus Christ. And, um, just, uh, give, give guidance, give them guidance each and every day. Um, amen. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on today. And I, I wish you and Michael nothing but blessings, especially being grandparents. And thank you. Uh, as you continue to share your story, of Joshua to many families and to many uh, families who might have lost a child, a loved one. And I, I, I debated it for a little while going to reach out to Mike and Michelle and tell, ask him about and Mike. God's like, you got to call him. You got to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Story to tell. So thank you very much for taking time out of your extremely busy schedule. <laughs> thank you. We do love to talk about our kids. Amen. Well, tell Mike, uh, uh, give, give Mike a hug and a kiss for me. Uh, I miss you guys. Will do. I'll be calling you guys some, sometime in the future. Sounds great. Thanks, Jody. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. So thankful to have on Michelle Moore today as she shared her story about her son, Joshua. And the book she has written, A Race Well Lived. I hope you can uh, order a book and maybe get a group of people together and do this particular Bible study. I hope it brings you some encouragement today. As I said during the podcast, I have known several, uh, not only family members, but friends as well, who have lost loved ones at a very, very young age. And... I just want to lift up my prayers to families who have lost uh, young uh, children at uh, these, these early ages. And just want to lift up comfort 
and prayer to you today. And as she stated earlier in her, her podcast, uh, just to be there for someone who is going through those hard times will never have the right words to say during these very difficult times that families are going through and have been going through and are going through. Uh, so I pray that God may uh, use someone in your life or maybe use you to talk to someone and be there for someone who has gone through this very heartbreaking situation. So thank you for joining the podcast, our podcast today, Chit and Chat, where we try, I try my best, I keep saying we, it's just me right now, but I just try my best to bring encouragement to someone who is struggling, who is going through some hard and difficult times. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening, taking time out of your day and listening to this podcast. And, you know, I was praying today, and if I can encourage one person in this podcast, it's all matters to me. I mean, it's nice to have two or more, but you know what? If I can encourage one person that, you know, God's with them each and every day, that, that, that he, you know what you're going through, what you're facing, God is with you, and that's all that matters. And uh, so I pray that this podcast has encouraged you today. Have a great day, and thank you for listening today. This is Chin Chat. This episode of Chin Chat was brought to you by Veteran Roasters Coffee. Each purchase of Veteran Roasters Coffee helps employ one of tens of thousands of U.S. military veterans who have found hardship and difficulty upon transitioning home from service. They promise you the best beans from the best veteran-owned coffee company. Veterans helping veterans one cup at a time. Use the code CHITCHAT25 to receive 25% off your purchase at veteranroasters.com.